0: Welcome back, listeners. I'm Robin Black, and this is It's All About Healing Podcast. In today's episode, we have Jamie Plough, and we have tried this about three or four times now, (laughs) but today we're going to be speaking about it's okay to struggle. So Jamie, tell us a little bit about
1: yourself. We are well rehearsed. That's all I can say. (laughs) um, uh, Well, thank you for having me. I am a life coach from Iowa. Uh, I work with struggling moms who are struggling just to remember how important they are and that, A, they are a person themselves. Um, I teach them how to find their way back home. I'm also a farm uh, wife. We have 50 cows that we're calving out right now. And I like to say I'm a show mom, but I'm also, I am also don't like that term. Um, but I'm a show mom. My kids show cattle. So... I'm usually the crazy lady running back and forth from ring to tax spot because I forgot something or they forgot something, but that's me. So mm-hmm. and
0: what does it mean when you say that they show cattle? What does that mean?
1: Yeah. So they, um, about November, October, November, we kind of go out and we find, they tell us what they want to show for the show season. And we set a budget. And so they have to go out and find their, their showing animal. And we tell them it's literally a lottery ticket. You're going uh-huh. out buying your lottery ticket, and hopefully, it turns out the way you want it to. Come August, September, uh-huh. but so they have this animal, and we break it to lead, and they work on it. You know, in the summertime, they're working about four hours a day on it, training, care, um, and and I love my children, but um, <laughs> we don't do anything halfway here. That's what I always tell them. Sorry, we have to do it we have to do it right um, because I feel like it's a really important way for them to learn rules, responsibility. You know, it's all on their shoulders this year. I've told them they're 12 and 14 That the boys are my six year old. She just does it when she chooses, but um, yeah, <laughs> the boys, it's, it's their responsibility. So, so they take the animal into the show ring and they get evaluated by judges and there's a show about every weekend if you want to go. And so That's kind of, we don't do travel baseball. We don't do many travel sports. We show Mm -hmm. cattle. Oh, okay. Well, that's
0: interesting. That's very interesting to know. I've never heard of anything like that, but to have 50,
1: wow, that's amazing. That's just the cows that we are calving out. So, I mean, it's usually a lot of their show animals and stuff, but we're down to 13 right now. So we've had quite a few babies already and- So then we'll take them and they can show one of them if they want to, or we'll take them and sell them and start right. process all over. So, but it's something I grew up doing. And so just honestly, I don't know a better way to teach your child responsibility and work ethic and then on a farm, like, right. Yeah. Is what it is. There's, yeah. 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 So, and then also you
0: are a life coach. Tell us a little bit about that and what's the name of it as well.
1: Yeah. So my life coaching business is embracing chaos and loving every minute. Um, it came to be right around COVID. Um, before that I was really struggling. I was struggling with anxiety. I was struggling with comparison. I was carrying a lot of perfectionism around with me Um my as a te- I used to be a teacher, and so I'd always say, I'm not your mom. This is not mm-hmm. your bedroom. Like, we keep our room clean. We keep our desks clean, you know, because that was my fear that my principal would walk in and they would see something that wasn't perfect in my room.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I couldn't do messy. Um, I was always afraid that I wasn't a good enough mom, that I wasn't doing enough, that I wasn't reading enough. I wasn't taking in enough information. I was always comparing myself. And so I did a lot of work with my own life coach. And through this journey, it's just kind of grown into, I really love helping women and really love teaching them about the things, um, how to forgive and your ego and perfectionism and how to let go of all of that stuff and just kind of move into a embracing that chaos of motherhood and knowing mm-hmm. that that's daily life like right. that is, you know, overwhelm is just kind of not a state. It's, it's just, you can be peaceful. You can embrace it and move on. And so that's what I like to, to do and teach, teach women with that. And so that's how embracing chaos and loving every minute of it came to be. Sorry. And then- I have Instagram. I have an, I have a private Facebook group that gets a little bit more in depth because it is private. So people will interact on it where a lot of like my Instagram, I do have a Facebook page. I have a website, but a lot of the stuff that's more public, people are kind of afraid to be vulnerable on and not post. Mm-hmm. But that Facebook group, sometimes it gets real good. It gets vulnerability really comes out and it's always such a treat when that happens for me. I just, I'm always so honored that people will trust me with that.
0: Absolutely. And then what's your Facebook group called? Is that called embracing the chaos and loving yep. every minute of it as well? Okay. yep, it sure is. Yeah. Yep. And then I know Jamie and I, we previously spoke on LinkedIn and she had a post, um, speaking about your, you were in your ego and you were saying that it's okay to struggle. And that's what kind of mm-hmm invited me in to want to speak to you. So talk to us a little bit about that as well.
1: Yeah. Something else your viewer or your listeners should know is we've actually been trying to plan this for about a month. So I wish I would have gone back and reread that post so I could be real specific on what I was struggling with. I think (laughs) honestly, it was just, there was this week in February that I was just, I was struggling. I was hard. Like, I just wasn't sure I was cut out for life coaching. I wasn't sure I was cut out for farm life. I was, and it was more so my ego just kind of wanting to be comfortable in the like not doing things outside, like stepping out of my comfort zone, like driving the feeder wagon tractor. For whatever reason, that is a giant hurdle of mine that I have finally, I finally got over. And then I drove it and got stuck. So I had to re-get over the hurdle. I'm there. But your ego loves to keep you in comfort. And so, like, there was just a week where I was struggling really hard with wanting to stay in my comfort zone and not doing anything. And um, I know you can't see where I'm at, but it's, like, this corner, my corner little office here. And I could just live here. I could just Mm -hmm. find a way to piddle away the day. And that week, I think I did that, like, twice. And it was just... It was hard. I reached out to my own life coach and I was like, I'm struggling right um she was very helpful and I just I can't say enough like it's okay to struggle and it's okay to say I'm struggling and I don't know why mm-hmm. because until I really she we really started kind of digging into it I really didn't know why i i yeah. i I remember having the conversation with my husband of like, I don't know why I'm struggling. I don't know why I'm not feeling right. I don't know why I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, And just as I started to reflect on it, it was like, Oh, I don't want to step out of my comfort zone. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't want to do these things because yeah. what if I get the tractor stuck, which I did. And it, you know <laughs> what happened? It was fine. Yeah.
0: <laughs> So it's that resistance, you know, being yeah. afraid. That that fear can sometimes mm-hmm. be crippling, and it's just like oh, I just yeah. I don't want to do it. I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know what people are gonna say. What everyone. And it's mm-hmm. about kind of stop listening to the distractions, basically. And that is what is very hard to overcome. So, what did you do to start overcoming that?
1: I honestly just started facing the fears. Like once I realized. So my limiting belief has always been, and it's something I'm working to overcome is I'm not enough. Mm -hmm. And so basically I'm not enough to drive the tractor. I'm not, I'm not good enough to drive the tractor. I'm not good enough to do this, to pull a calf. I'm not, I mean, I've pulled a hundred calves in my entire existence. And so it's not like, I don't know how, but for whatever reason, that was a limiting belief of mine that week that I couldn't do it by myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I just started doing it. Once I figured out what the issue was, I just started doing it. I just was like, well, I can do hard things. I'm going to do it. And I didn't do it perfectly. I didn't expect to do it perfectly. Um, I told my husband, I called him. And I was like, I drove the feeder wagon tractor all by myself. And yes, you did. I'm like, it only took me three laps around the bin to get the whole thing (laughs) unloaded, but that's okay. I mean, normally it takes one time down the feed, you know, the feed bunk. Uh It took me, it took me three, but I was like, you know what? It's unloaded and I didn't hit anything and it's fine. (laughs) And so I think like your ego puts that higher expectation for you Mm -hmm. up there of like, well, normally this would only take one time. So you didn't really do it. And I was like, No, you don't understand. I did it. Like I, A, I drove the tractor. I made it move forward. Mm -hmm. B, I made the feed come out of the feeder wagon at the right time in the bunk. Right. I mean, so it was just kind of flipping the script and looking at it as instead of saying I didn't do, Mm -hmm. no, I did. Like I did all of these things and it wasn't exactly the way that it was meant to be or could be or, but it was my way. Right. And that's what I feel that it's about, is it's about mm-hmm. doing things at your own pace. It's kind
0: of like children, kind of your children. Yeah. They're going to develop at different stages at different times. And we are the same exact way. Just because yeah. someone else did it on the first try doesn't mean that I'm going to do it on the first <laughs> try. And that's OK. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So what else would you suggest to other women or even men what they should do in in that sense?
1: I think the big thing is realizing, you know, like stepping back because our ego is also good in the sense of it keeps us protected. Mm-hmm. It keeps us out of danger. It's kind of that like check for you, your, you know, your conscience. And so it's like, okay, is this, is this dangerous or am I afraid?
2: Mm-hmm. And if
1: I'm afraid, why am I afraid? Yeah, Like just start the more you break it down and the more I, I don't, mean to overthink it to spend a week on it but really the more you reflect on the feeling
2: mm-hmm.
1: it becomes very apparent and yeah. and it's okay to be upset with yourself I was so mad at myself of like I'm struggling because I don't want to drive this tractor or I don't want to do this like this is really silly this is really silly for me to be in a bad mood for an entire week <laughs> oh, no <So. laughs> Yeah, but you know what I mean. Like yeah. <laughs> once when you started to break it down, it was like, oh, yeah, this is this is completely my mind playing a trick with me. Okay, great. Right. This is now. Now we can move on. Yeah. Um, I didn't know you were in a bad mood for an entire week. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't. I just couldn't figure it out. Mm-hmm. I think that was the big thing. Was like I didn't want to admit to myself.
0: Right, and that, 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 that this was, was bothering trouble. me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's where why I was struggling was I didn't want to be honest Mm -hmm. with myself. And the minute I really became honest, I was like, Oh, yeah. Okay. And so then it was just like I started writing. And this is something too. Like, I'm such a big journaler, but Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, tomorrow morning. I was I'm writing this down, like mad writing, because of course I was angry with myself. But Mm -hmm. I was like, tomorrow morning I will be on that tractor. I will be unloading the feed tomorrow morning, I will be doing this. And I was just like, I started listing out these goals by Mm -hmm. February 28th. I'm going to know how to give cap shots, ear tag caps, do all of these things that I can do, Mm -hmm. but I just choose not to do because I don't want to.
0: Yeah. And see, that's, that's kind of like my issue that I'm trying that I'm struggling with right now is trying to overcome. I can write a whole list out of things that I need to do, But then the next day comes and I'm just like, I'm not doing any of it. You know, what would you you suggest to try to overcome that, you know, from a day
1: to day basis? Well, so we talk a lot about keeping promises to yourself. Mm -hmm. So basically, when you're writing it down, you're writing a promise to yourself. Mm -hmm. Who's the only person who knows the promise to yourself? You. Mm -hmm. Right. You. So make it known. Mm -hmm. find an accountability person, whether it's a spouse, whether it's a friend Mm -hmm. and say, okay. And I have done this because I am the world's worst about working out when I've gotten up two or three different times the night to check cattle. Mm -hmm. I'll be like, oh, I'm tired. I'm just going to sleep. No, I need to get my butt out of bed and I need to exercise because that's part of me, um, putting myself in the best mindset. And so like my, I'm just always tell my husband, I'm like, okay, here's the deal. I'm really tired, but I need to be up at 5 o'clock because I need to be on that treadmill. Mm -hmm. And you're you're my accountability Mm -hmm. because I'm making this promise to myself that I'm going to do it. And honestly, he never, ever has to swoop in and say, oh, you didn't do this. Mm -hmm. Because I've told him. So I don't want him to say, why didn't you? Mm -hmm. So I just always get up and do it.
0: And then what about for people who don't have anyone else?
1: There is always somebody out there. You have... Mm -hmm a friend, a coworker, um, and if I will be your accountability partner. Mm-hmm. I'm always more than happy to be that. Um, you know, there, there's somebody, mm-hmm. and I know if you ask, they'll, they'll say yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They will, because they don't want to see you fail. The thing, like the most misconception is that other people want you to fail, but honestly, they nine times out of 10, they want to build you up. They want to help you. Mm -hmm. They want to support you if you ask, but sometimes they don't know how. And I think
0: that's kind of a struggle for a lot of people. Cause I know even the clientele that I have, they feel that no one cares. Like mm -hmm. no one's really going to care what I do. No one's going to agree to that. So how, what would you suggest they do to overcome that, that type of thinking?
1: I would say that's your ego. Mm -hmm. sneaking in, trying to keep you comfortable, Uh trying to say, nope, they don't care because you don't want to be rejected. So your ego is trying to keep you safe from being rejected. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what happens if somebody really says no? Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Well, I would say, I don't know if you've heard of the four agreements, but it's not your, it's, you know, don't take it personally. There's got to be a reason as to why they can't support you. Maybe they've got a lot going on. Maybe they You know, who knows? Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen the picture of the iceberg, what what you can see and the the whole bottom of everything else. Mm -hmm. Then don't take it personally. Don't make assumptions on why they can't help you move on to the next person and just say, okay, well, they weren't available. Maybe next time, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, but don't let your, you know, don't let that ego come in and be like, we got rejected. Oh my gosh. No, we can't do this. Right. No. Yeah. Cause it's, it's like, sometimes you can
0: get a lot of positivity. Like you can get a lot of people say a lot of positive things, but then you focus on that one person that yeah. says something negative or that rejects you. And then it's just like, you just completely fall apart after that rejection and you don't hear anything right. else.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's just yeah. so. Impressive. And you know what? <laughs> I always say, make it an offer. Mm-hmm. Make it an offer, like, hey, you know, if I'm going to get up and I'm going to start exercising in the morning. Are you? Do, are you interested in maybe having an accountability partner? And then that kind of puts the ball in their court of like, oh, well, I've been kind of thinking about that too.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: a lot of people don't want to resist an offer.
0: That's good. That's that's a really good way to look at it. That's a really good thing to do as well. But I also love that you said, even as a life coach, you still need a life coach yourself as well. And that, that, I feel the same way because that was hard for me in the beginning was admitting, hey, I need help too. I need someone else to speak to as well. And I think as women, like some men too, but I feel women probably have more of an issue with admitting Mm -hmm. they need help because they have such a large load of everything to do and your mind never stops going
1: ever. There's a Brene Brown quote that's like, um, we are expected to do it all be it all um, and do it perfectly seamlessly and make it look effortless mm-hmm. while doing it all. Yeah. And that is, I feel like why women carry around such a tough perfectionism, armor, or such a heavy load of armor Mm -hmm. to make them look that way. Yeah. And in reality, we're not. I mean, I just, I can't remember if it was on this one or if it was on a different um, take of our podcast. Uh I talked about not wearing makeup. Uh (laughs) Um, My children asked me where I was going today because I have it on, but Uh I'm usually not ever wearing makeup. Uh So, I mean, and I just for the first time I just for the first time a week ago recorded something with no makeup on because I was so afraid my ego was telling me my skin was so bad or I I I wasn't going to look the part or and I had 15 minutes in between loads of my husband moving round bales. And I was like, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to hop on And I I just did it. Yeah. And do you know how many comments I got on how glowing my skin looked? And I had on not one stitch of makeup. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's always so, how it works. I don't know why it's always
0: like that. And I think, it, like you said, it's just the ego. When we feel like yeah oh, I don't want to get on here. I got to look like this. I got to look like that. And then Mm -hmm. go
1: outside and somebody says, oh, you're so beautiful. You're just like, what? Yeah. (laughs) yeah. I know all the comments I always get about, oh, I love your post. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel sometimes like I'm A, repeating myself or B, like I'm not enough. Mm -hmm. But in all honesty, somebody's reading it and somebody's getting something out of it. And so that's all that matters to me. Um, But I think we're talking about life coaches. And I think My life coach reminded me. She's like, you have to be ahead of your clients like ten percent. So you're still in the grind. You're still in the struggle, but you're just a little bit further ahead than they are. Oh, and so Mm -hmm. it made me like that. That's what makes like for me. I'm like, well, that's what makes me relatable. Is that Mm -hmm. I'm still struggling, and I I have a life coach, and you know, but I also then related in she's help. she's helping me guide my way through this situation that I'm really struggling with.
2: Mm -hmm. You know,
1: I just needed, I needed help. Right. And I said, I need help. And I threw up the white flag and within 30 minutes we had it figured out and I was on my merry way. Yeah. So yeah, that's, yeah. I like that a lot. And
0: I know we talked about it in one of the other ones, but Mm -hmm. as far as children and mental health, Mm -hmm. What is your take on that, especially since COVID? Um, Mm -hmm. It seems to me like I I know once they came back to school, they were able to start socializing and stuff again. But it seems like they internalize a lot more now as well. So what is your what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, um, my second child had a lot of anxiety before COVID even began. Um, So I'm a huge advocate for getting help. Mm -hmm. obviously i've gotten help um he's gotten help and just watching him thrive there was he went to a judging contest on saturday something he would never have done on his own before Mm -hmm. went with a group of people that he knew judged and got seventh overall i mean and that not having anxiety about his results not so for me and the whole like mental health with children, just in general, mm-hmm. I think it's so important yeah. because honestly, as a kid, I had anxiety, but I didn't have a name for it. Right. I, I could not have told you. I remember my dad wanting to send me to Washington DC with the FFA. And I just remember every time he brought it up, I got a stomach ache and I wanted to throw up and I'd run upstairs to my room and I would oh, cry and he yeah. finally just stopped bringing it up. Yeah. And until I started seeking help, I couldn't, Tell you what it was, but I had anxiety about it. I didn't want to leave home. I didn't. What if I got out there and something went wrong? Or, right. And so I think just giving kids tools in their toolbox. I know our school is doing a lot of SEL lessons, um, social emotional learning lessons, mm-hmm. just to help kids start naming things. Mm-hmm. And so I know my kids come home and talk about it. And we have a little bit in more in-depth conversation, but I just think it's so important to give kids a voice. Absolutely. And so I agree. Start naming things. Just start seeing them for what they are. And you know. Yeah. And what's it called? You said it's called SEL, because I don't think we have that in our school system. It's social emotional learning. I'm sure I'm I bet you have some standards or something I know most states were working on them when I was still teaching but um I, I think I I don't know I know they do a program and they'd have to do one lesson a week and then they come together and they talk about it hmm. Social and honestly my so my my middle child did not ever like to tell a single soul that he had anxiety or that he yes. took medicine for anxiety and he I with the teachers were emailing me telling me how proud they were that he was sharing it out in these conversations. Like it was teaching them how to be vulnerable. And so he opened up that he said he had a coach. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have a coach and she teaches me, you know, she teaches me tricks and tips and that helps me get through the day. And yeah. so I um, I just think, I think mental health awareness is so important and giving yeah. kids a name for things is awesome. Yeah. I I love that. And it just, I definitely want more of it.
0: And I'm definitely going to call my kids school and see if that's in there, because I definitely know that it's needed, especially even in my situation with the the fire that I just had. I know my kids are struggling mentally and I know there's some things that they can talk to me about. And there's going to be some things that they're probably going to feel more comfortable speaking to a school counselor or something about. So it's definitely something that I feel is needed for all children because they have that anxiety.
1: Yeah. And you know what? God bless. If you can have, be like, be blessed with a good school counselor. Mm -hmm. We have really good school counselors and they are worth their weight in gold for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely (laughs) give them all the praise and the props because they're awesome. Absolutely. Well, JB, did you have anything else to add? No, I just want everybody to know it's okay to struggle and it's okay to say I'm struggling. It really is. Um, because when you name it, it brings less shame about it as well. Because I think Brene Brown says uh, shame, loves secrets. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when you share and you start talking, I think that was another reason I really started my uh, group and my coaching business was I held a lot of shame with having anxiety and I held a lot of shame with the way things were going, um, the way I was comparing myself. And so as I started talking about them and I became more vulnerable, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: honestly, now I'm like, I will tell you anything you want to know because (laughs) vulnerability is, is, you know, I'm open now, but at the beginning, it was really hard, but it was a, it was a really good step for me. Yeah.
0: I agree. I like that. I like that a lot. And I'm definitely going to use that myself. So you've actually helped me out in some of the situations that I'm dealing with right now. So I greatly appreciate that.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. Well, thank you for having me on this podcast. And I want to say, I think we made it to the end. Finally, you finally did. Tell, please tell the listeners one more time the best way to contact
0: you. What's your website?
1: Yeah, so um embracing the chaos and loving every minute of it is my website.com. Uh, embracing chaos on Facebook, um embracing chaos um and loving every minute of it is my private Facebook group. I'm on Instagram embracing chaos and loving it. Um pretty much embracing any chaos. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On any platform, um, my picture is um my all my profile pictures. So yes, for sure. All right. And then it'll also be in the
0: description box that I'm going to put down here yeah. below. So if any of you want to contact her, her or contact myself, it'll still be in the description box. But again, thank you so much, Jamie. Again, I'm Robin Black, <laughs> and this is it's all about healing podcast. Stay blessed. Bye, Jamie. Bye. <laughs>